and let's give him glorious praise. We're sitting in heavenly places this morning. Let's enjoy his glory. Let's give him praise. There's not one preliminary that needs to take place right now for somebody to get their miracle. The supernatural presence of God is in this house. Somebody give him praise and give him glory. Exalt him over every lying devil. Exalt him over every problem in this world. Exalt him over everything in the flesh. Hallelujah. I am, I am blown away with what I feel, what I sense, and what I know to be true in this place today. The presence and the glory of the Almighty God is in this house in a special measure. There's a special measure. I know that God is omnipresent. And that simply means that he's everywhere simultaneously. But God is also ubiquitous, which means that he can be in a different, in a different ratio, in a different percentile. And God is here in a special measure. Let's love him again. If you need healing in your body, I would just go ahead and make your requests known to God. If you need a miracle in your life, in your marriage, in your family, anything, I would make your request known to God right now by the authority of the name of Jesus, by the authority of the name of Jesus. Wow. God bless all of our visitors that are in the house today. God bless you. Now, you might, be, you might be looking around a little bit saying, you know, this is different. You know, it's supposed to be different. Hollywood can't dream this up. Steven Spielberg, Spielberg ain't got enough money. Bill Gates, don't get me started on him. This is a God thing. It's supposed to be different. It's not supposed to look like, feel like, smell like, taste like anything that this world has to offer. Let's love him again. Somebody clap your hands. Thank God for the difference. It's the difference that makes the difference. It's the difference that makes the difference that makes it different. Hallelujah. Amen. This coming Tuesday, Brother Kifle will, will be in the saddle this coming Tuesday. It's going to be good. A week from this Tuesday, Brother Georgie Rodriguez will be preaching. And Brother Jordan Oswald will be preaching. Not going to want to miss that. It's good things happening in Jesus' name. One more time, why don't you just turn to your neighbor and greet him. I'm glad you're sitting by me. 
Glad we're in the presence of God together. We could sure be in a lot of places, but we're in the presence of God together. While you remain standing, I'd like to draw your attention to the book of John, chapter number one. I'm not really sure how this is going to end up. Sometimes I know this dog will hunt, but I'm not exactly sure how this is going to end up, but I can just tell you it's going to be good. Let's start reading in John chapter 1, and we'll start in verse number 1. In the beginning was the Word. That should settle every argument on the Godhead. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse number two, the same was in the beginning with God. It's almost like, it's almost like the law of redundancy. So there is no excuse to believe in a trinity, which is a historical invention. It's not a biblical revelation. All things were made by him. Now notice that the gender is masculine. Sorry, you woke folks. You need to go back to sleep and wake up on the other side of the bed. All things were made by him, which is the word. And without him was not anything made that was made. And that would include visible, invisible, every plane and dimension of existence. In him, the word was life, and the life was the light of men. Now notice verse number five. And the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not and I want to talk to us for just a little while about blasting a hole in the darkness while you remain standing let's pray together Father we love you we praise you there's precious people from hither and yon Father, we pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and understanding in the knowledge of him. All of this is just an exercise without understanding, comprehension. And I pray for the working of your spirit to open up eyes throughout this sanctuary, and we ask it in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Now, I've been worshiping, so I need a drink of water. For those of you who have lap counters, I ran two and a half. Well, two and a quarter.
I don't run because I have to. I run because I get to. Hallelujah. This is, this particular passage of Scripture is without equal in being a revelatory commentator, commentary, excuse me, of Genesis chapter number one. There are several places throughout the New Testament that are detailed commentaries of the Old Testament, not necessarily the book of Genesis, but for example, the book of Hebrews is an incredible commentary on certain specific themes that are found in the Old Testament, most notably the sacrificial system and the priesthood. It talks about a lot in the book of Hebrews, but it's a, it's a gleaning of important facets and factors of the Old Testament and putting it in an understandable form, for example, in the book of Hebrews. But right here in John chapter number one, we are getting a view of what took place, I believe, on the first several days of creation that is found in Genesis chapter number one. John chapter one actually continues to give more more body to this, more comprehension, human comprehension. For example, look at verse number nine of John chapter one. Talking about Jesus, it says, that was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world, verse number 11 and 12. Notice he, 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 the gen, it's gender specific. He, 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 all through this first 14 verses here. Verse number 11, he came unto his own, talking about coming to the Jews, and his own received him not. He was rejected. And then verse number 12, but as many as received him, not them, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Now, this is critical to the understanding of the goal of Christianity. And that is a, that is a huge subject matter and one that I'm not going to tackle this morning. But what you're seeing here in verses 11 and 12 is like, is like the nucleus. If you could, if you could put all of Christianity in um, concentrically, and you see it in degrees, in in circles, you would see the nucleus, the center of that, is found in verse number twelve. But as many as received him, to them gave he power. Everybody said power. Say it like you just drank coffee. Say it like you're all Pentecostal. See, you've got to act like you're Pentecostal and you don't have to do, to do anything else. That word power is the same word that is found in Acts chapter number one and verse number eight. If you would go there very quickly, Brother Tristan. Look at this right here. But ye shall receive power. Everybody said power. power. Say power. power. One more time. Power. One more time like you just had a triple shot espresso. Thank you. 
that comes from a Greek word that is called dunamis. Everybody said dunamis. Dunamis is where we get the English word dynamite. There, and, and I'm not being critical for the sake of being judgmental or biased or prejudicial or anything, but you have to understand we're living in a day and an hour where if you don't make some kind of definitions, uh, you're going to throw the baby with the, out with the bathwater, and we're not, we don't do that around here. But there are a lot of denominations that do not emphasize the power You're in a place today that you've got to understand that when you get the Jesus of the Bible, you will get power. You're not going to just get power to take your Bible off the nightstand once a year and read a little Bible story. It's not power so that you can get up, actually get out of bed and make it to Sunday morning service. That is power so that you can overcome the lies of the devil who is the God, little g, of this world, so that you can overcome sin and you can overcome your flesh. Clap your hands and give God the praise. That's why you got the power. I wouldn't want to go to a church that didn't talk about power. And you can just... just take this and ruminate on this, meditate on this. I wouldn't want to be a part of a religious group that didn't have enough power to alleviate my headache. If there is power available, I'm after it. If God's got more for me, I want it. If God's got victory for me, I want to experience it. I don't care what people with ropes say. I don't care what the Vatican says. I don't care what anybody in this world says. If God's got something for me, the living God, the real God, the true. Oh, clap your hands and give God the praise. I want it. I'm on a quest. I've already been there and done that. You fill in the blanks. I'm on a quest for power, not human power, not political power, not manipulative power. I want power from God. Let's clap our hands one more time and give him praise. I feel that power in this house. You might be sitting here and say, you know what, things look a little different, things feel a little different. Honey, that's because there's power here. The power is not because of who I am. The power is not because of my degrees. The power is not my last name. The power is in the living God that has filled the praises and the worship of his people. That is not just a little religious phraseology that can be swept under the carpet of denominational confusion. That is a reality. That is what I call ultimate concern. And ultimate concern bypasses all of the human needs, all of the human concerns, all of the political concerns, everything in our world 
above and shoulders above it all, is the ultimate concern. Why? Because it deals with eternity. As many as received him, notice this, verse 12, please. Look at this. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Of course, Romans chapter 8, verse number 14 said, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God, not led by your flesh. Not led by your human choices and your human design, but led by the Spirit of God. They are the sons of God. Incredible. And then finally is verse number 14. Here's the identity of the word. Are you ready? And the word was made flesh. J-E-S-U-S. And dwelt among us, and we beheld the glories of the glories of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The fact that the living, invisible God, immutable, undeniable, omnisapient, omniscient, omnipresent God took on human form is something that the brightest minds and screenplays of Hollywood could never come up with this. There is no religion, no primitive belief system, no, no religion in the world believes that their God would take on human form and then sacrifice for those people. It is novel, it is particular, it is exclusive to Christianity that the invisible living God took on human form and became the perfect sacrifice. I think we ought to take a moment of appreciation and just give him praise. Because of him, I am alive. Because of him, I have that power. Because of him, I have authority over my flesh that's trying to take me to hell and trying to strip me of who I am. Hallelujah. You can't praise him enough. You can't exalt him enough. If somebody ever wanders into a congregation like this and says, you know what, these guys sure praise the Lord. They run, they jump and shout. You should have seen me years ago. I was dying on a bar stool. I'm, I'm running. No one's holding a gun to my head. I'm running because I can run. I'm running because I've got the liberty to run. I run because I've got the freedom to run. I run because I choose to run. I lift my voice because I can lift my voice. I clap my hand. 
I should have been dead in a head-on drunk driving accident. I should have been six feet under already. I should have OD'd on drugs. I should have been shot in a drug deal. But I am here today on my way to heaven filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I wish there's somebody in the back that would lift their voice like a trumpet and give the living God all the praise and all the glory in the face of every lying devil. Jesus coming into this world blasted a hole in the darkness. And that is exactly what John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14, is talking about. That a hole has been blasted in the darkness, supernatural darkness. And supernatural darkness is far darker than physical darkness. When you close your eyes in a dark room and you're saying, man, it's dark, that's physical darkness. But when you have spiritual darkness that is, that is full of opacity, it's opaque, it's oblique, it's, it's, you can feel it, it's depressing. That is the hour in which we're living. That is the hour in which there is a form of thinking that is not from God. It is not common sense. It did not come from the word of God. It did not come from the Holy Ghost. It is not the mind of Christ. But it is a form of thinking that is, that is engineered by the doctrines of devils and demons, of trying to get people to change their gender and trying to get convince people that your life means nothing. Just go ahead and take your life. Just go ahead and ruin your life. We are here to stand in the gap to say, hold on a second. Hold on a second. God made them male and female in the face of every lying devil. They're saying, you may be seated, they're finding now that suicide rates among people that are trying to detransition, that means that they transition or they were in the, the process of transitioning their gender somehow, some in some ways chemically, medically, operations, but when they get over there, they find out that they're just as miserable, if not more so, than when they were, when they first started listening to these lies. No, that's right. And so what they do is, in their attempt to go back, they attempt to go back and they find out, in, in some of these cases, they have already, they've already listened to the lies of, of, of this darkness, and they've already seen the images of this darkness, and now they cannot make it all the way back. And they're finding that the suicide rate among people that are detransitioning is, is, is higher than any other group in the known world. I want to tell you what, I'm praying that God will send them into this building and we can breathe hope into a human soul that's believed the lies of the devil. Somebody needs to lift your voice and say there is a hope in this world. God is not going to be outdone by the devil. God is not going. 
where sin does abound, grace superabounds. God's going to make a way where there is no way. God's going to make a way in the... Jesus blasted a hole in the darkness of this world. Because he fearlessly, without hesitation, without reservation, without considering himself, you and I are able to enjoy what we're enjoying in this room here today. Let's go to Isaiah chapter number 60, verse number 2. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. The hour in which we are living hopelessness and defeat and dejection is at an all-time high. Despair, despondency, depression, oppression, repression, Suppression is at an all-time high. It's not just darkness in the earth that's been manufactured by the God of this world and reverberated by spiritual wickedness in high places which covered geographical and geopolitical forces in this world. But we are talking about a darkness that is discernible, it's tangible. Just yesterday, I had a pastor um, send me a text message. He said, Brother Mayo, my daughter is having panic attacks. And he was explaining a little bit to me, and I sent him a text back, and I said, pray and fast and lay hands on her and rebuke the spirit of fear in Jesus' name. I used to have panic attacks even long before I ever, I ever understood truth or, or understood the word of God or received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and experienced New Testament salvation. I can remember it was a spirit that would come to me and it would first make me feel hopeless. It would first make me feel like I was there was absolutely no hope. And then I would begin to turn on myself. And that fear was almost where your body would shake. It was a physical fear fear where you're ultimately I rebuke that spirit by the authority of the name of Jesus for he has not given us a spirit of fear but power clap your hands and give God the praise I said you lay hands on her in the name of Jesus my God I feel it on me right now somebody help me Somebody that walked into this building today that's experiencing that kind of stuff, I take dominion over that spirit by the authority of the name of Jesus, and I rebuke it in Jesus' name. Somebody clap your hands. Somebody that's free, praise him. Somebody give him glory. Hey, grab this guy. Somebody go ahead and give God some praise right now. Come on, don't focus on this guy. Focus on Jesus. Okay, some of you characters just got the entertainment value of this service. 
I'm, I'm doing something way beyond entertainment value. If you got a hold of this, sir, it would knock the foolishness out of your life. And when you find out what God has for you, you'd never be the same. You'd put away the toys. You'd put away the little kid choices. You'd put away the insipid immaturity and accept the maturity of Jesus Christ. You're working with people that are going to bed at night. You needing medication because of gross darkness. There's people here in this building today. I love you. God loves you. But I can't do anything for you if you're not going to get a hold of this for yourself. God is not going to violate your choices. You're going to have to say, I'm choosing to do this because it's truth. I'm choosing to do this because Jesus furnished it. I'm choosing to do it. Gross darkness, the people. Tangible, discernible. People that are more happy to be lonely. If you can, if you can live for God all by yourself, nobody else in the house, you're truly living for God. But I got a feeling what happens when men get alone. The devil goes to work, and the devil is programming their flesh with every single whim and choice that the Internet and everything else can make available. You need deliverance. You need deliverance of that today. Jesus paid for your deliverance. Jesus paid for your empowerment. Jesus prayed for your... No, I'm not, I'm not preaching down. I'm trying to bring you up. I'm trying to bring you out. I'm trying to bring you out of the depression. I'm trying to bring you out of that. So Cornerstone, like every other apostolic church, apostolic just simply means that we follow the original teachings. We don't use any theologian's filter, either post-Reformation or pre-Reformation. We get it directly from the Word of God. We do our best to do that. So Cornerstone is here in the midst of gross darkness. There is a way, there is a methodology, there is a perspective of looking at what we're doing, in my opinion, is probably, we were talking about nucleus a little earlier, and we're talking about a view of what we're doing more at the center of what's really happening here than anything else I could describe. 
What do I mean by that? What I mean is, is that when a church starts, the light is seemingly insignificant in comparison to the darkness. And what happens is, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because I talk about this all the time anyway, but just so I can get where I need to go, I need to talk about this. I was talking to um, a home missionary here a couple days ago, had breakfast with him. And I was telling him, I said, whatever you do, don't ever, don't ever capitulate and say, well, we're thinking of leaving. And I wasn't, I wasn't trying to make him, I wasn't trying to shame him or make him feel uncomfortable with that. I was just, I was, but see, if you have, if you have the right posture and position where you can see this, there's more to it than it was just rough and it was hard. And um, it just seemed like nobody, nothing was happening. You got to understand something. You got to understand something. That illumination, if you, will, if you will put your roots down and continue to foster an environment that is now ordered by that illumination, then that illumination gets brighter. And what the enemy would love to do is, is vanquish every home missionary by making them feel like it's never going to happen. Nobody even knows you're out here. You're on the backside of nowhere. Nobody knows your name. Nobody's calling to encourage you. Nobody, blah, 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 blah. It just goes on and on and on and on and on. In hopes that the light will go out. Okay? That's why the attrition rate. Brother, Brother Kuhn, that was the home missions director of the United Pentecostal Church, he and I were preaching together in Alabama several years ago. And he told me, he said, Brother Mayo, the attrition rate, and it's that way everywhere. It doesn't mean what organization you're in. It makes no difference. He said six out of ten churches actually close their doors because somewhere 60% of those people come to the place of believing that nobody wants what we have. It's hard. There's no encouragement. There's nobody. It's, it's, not, it's a million miles from where we're enjoying here today. And it's just, it's hard. Nobody wants us. No, da, 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 da. And the enemy capitalizes on this until the gross darkness, now we feel if we stay, we're going to be depressed. If we stay, it's going to be uncomfortable. If we stay, it's going to, it's, 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 it's just going to get worse on my wife. And if we stay, it's just going to get harder. And if we stay, and then they ultimately, the light goes out. Ladies and gentlemen, we have blasted a hole in the darkness. 
No, see, you're not looking at it right. This isn't about elevating a person. This isn't about patting somebody on the head. No, 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 no. This is understanding John chapter number one. There is a light that has come, and it has blasted a hole in the darkness. Some of you are sitting here today because God furnished you enough understanding. You came in within the realm and the perimeter of that illumination, and now you're blasting the darkness with us. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Brother Aaron Mayo up on South Hill, what's he doing? He's blasting a hole in the darkness. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, it's not for little. This is for people that have a revelation. This is for people that understand that there's lives in the balance. Everybody's under gross darkness. The whole human race is depressed. The whole human race is confused. But I'm not. There's no darkness in here. Come on, somebody clap your hand. There's no darkness in here. It's got to start somewhere. This is one of, one of the dangerous things about pornography. A regular diet of pornography is it means you sexualize every person that you meet. It can't just be, hey, how you doing? There's a component of you now that's become defiled because of the darkness. And now it's, it's, it's overly sensual. And it's looking for designs. Instead of just looking at a person and saying, this person's made in the image of God and they need help and they need God and blah, 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 blah. No, when you've given yourself over to pornography, you're, you're, you're now looking at people through the eyes as a sexual object. I rebuke that spirit. Bye-bye. There's greater light in me than there's darkness in this room. That's why. You can get free if you want to be. But you're going to have to say, God, save me. I want the illumination more than I want darkness. Clap your hands, lift your voice, give him praise. Come on, let's blast a hole in the darkness together. Somebody makes up their mind. Somebody's really got some guts. Somebody's really sold out to Jesus and says, I ain't leaving. I sat across the breakfast table from him and I said, that same devil lied to me too and said it's too hard. I had people that the enemy was using that was telling me it was too hard because the enemy knew that if I can get this guy out of here, there's other people that will be lost as a result of him leaving. That's not me thinking more highly of myself. That's me understanding myself in the equation that I'm representing illumination. And when people come into Cornerstone, I don't want them to see some religious program from headquarters. I want them to have understanding and a revelation and the glory of the living God. Come on, somebody clap your hand and give God the praise. Let's poke a hole in the darkness. Let's Let's enlarge the illumination over an entire region. That's how it worked. Has nothing to do with how much you gave to Mother's Memorial. 
has nothing to do with your picture in a magazine. Has nothing to do with the card in your wallet that affiliates you with the organization. What really matters is, do you have illumination? Do you understand the importance of illumination? Do you understand the importance of light? Spiritual light that brings hope, that brings joy, that brings righteousness, that brings power, that brings fulfillment and satisfaction. This is a lot like digging a well. Abraham, I want you to go out into Canaan land. You're going to be the father of many nations. Wonderful. I don't have any kids, but it's God, so I believe this. And he left the banks, one of the most notable rivers in the entire Bible, the Euphrates, moved to the Ur of the Chaldees, and God called him from the Ur of the Chaldees to go in absolute barrenness. I hope you're listening, Cornerstone South. I hope you're listening, Cornerstone North, because this is the exact same principle that is necessary to blast a hole in the darkness. You're out there. You're in the unknown. It's barren. It's dry. There's a bunch of people. They've got all these idols. You know, all these fallen angels that fell with Lucifer, they all assumed the role of deities, of, of, of the Philistines and the Amorites and the Amalekites and the Perizzites. And the Hittites, they assumed the roles of deities of these people and became idols to them. And now you're out there and you don't know what you're going to do. You're just going to have to roll up your sleeves and start digging. You're going to have to start praying. You're going to have to start fasting. And Abram, that's exactly what Abraham did. Abraham started digging. He said, this is my land, but it's my land in the invisible. It is not my land in the physical. You got to get that. It's only mine in the invisible. It's not mine in the physical. But the thing that makes the physical reality is you got to connect with water. You got to go through the dirt. You got to roll up your sleeve. You got to dig until you hit water and now you have a portal that brings life it brings water from an unseen world there's a few saints in this building here this morning that helped us do some digging they probably thought we're digging graves but we weren't we were digging wells and you are here today brother and sister Knudsen and, and Sister Nessa, your mother is here. And I remember, I remember just the hard scrabble first years of Cornerstone. And, and we, we just did the best we could. But in, in private and in secret, I had to keep digging. And I had to keep digging. And, and, and when our little church got together, some of you are probably thinking, this guy's just trying to impress everybody by running around in circles and praising God. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been doing this for 29 years. Uh, no, I, I correct that. I've been doing this for a lot longer because I did this right after I got saved. I've been worshiping God ever since. I've been worshiping God when I got here. I've been worshiping God when there was no people. I'm worshiping God today. Day, and I'll be worshiping God then because we are blasting a hole in the darkness. You can do this. 
You can do this in your family. You can do this in your marriage. You can do this for your job. You can do this in your neighborhood. You got to start blasting a hole in the darkness. How do you do that? Be the opposite. If your neighborhood is given over to immorality and fornication and, and internet pornography, then you become pure and just love everybody for who they are. If you're on the job and you got a supervisor that's full of bitterness, you just come in with a big smile on your face with the joy of the Lord. Yes, you're going to have to dig. Yes, you're going to have to get a hold of that illumination. Yes, you're going to have to pray. But this is how a revival breaks out. We've got it in these four walls. But I wonder what would happen if you walked on the job tomorrow and say, I'm here to blast a hole in the darkness. The spirits are not going to rule this thing. I am in charge here. God sent me here. God gave me this job. I'm going to be what God sees me to be. You're not going to change the direction of your marriage by capitulating. You're going to have to blast a hole in the darkness and say, I have illumination. I'm a child of God. And I know it doesn't look like I'm winning right now, but my prayers are going up. My faithfulness is steadfast. My mind is made up, and sooner or later, you're going you're gonna to watch the powers of darkness have to get in allegiance and have to get in line when you are now the dominating spiritual force. What has happened to Cornerstone is we started in a 700-square-foot office suite, and the light continued to grow. And as the light continues to grow, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 3. If our gospel is hid, it is hid to them that are lost. If you have not been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, you are lost. You cannot have a denominational gospel and make it. It's going to have to be the gospel that Peter preached. It's going to have to be the gospel that Paul preached. It's going to have to be the gospel that 1 Corinthians is written under. It's going to have to be the gospel that Galatians was written under. It's going to have to be the gospel that resonated in every church that was founded in the New Testament. If our gospel is hid, is hid to them that are lost. Hold it. Go back to that verse. But when you make up your mind, I ain't letting darkness win here. I'm not letting darkness win in my family. I'm not letting darkness win in my marriage. I'm not letting my darkness win in my household. I'm not letting darkness win on the job. I'm not letting, because I know who I am. There's too many people that don't have the right identity, which is why they're getting tattoos and looking at the world. They're measuring themselves with people going to hell instead of people that are changing their world with an eternal gospel. Okay, now go to the next verse. In whom the God of this world has blinded. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you can't get any more raw than this. We, we can go, well, you know, you haven't knocked enough doors, and, you know, you didn't, you didn't give an offering to Mother's Memorial this month, and, you know, we, you need, we need to do this, and we need to have this, and we need to do this. At the end of the day, somebody is going to have to understand that the power of darkness is not going to win. Jesus already blasted a hole in it, and now he says, if I did it, you can do it in Spokane. You can do it on South Hill. You can do it up on Francis. You can do it in Airway Heights. You, you, I'm just getting started. 
You can do it here. You can do it everywhere. You can do it there. You can do it everywhere because you know who you are. Clap your hands and give God praise. In whom the God of this world has blinded. Satan has walked into this building today with people. You're not possessed. But the devil has learned how to manipulate, motivate you, and control you. You're here today. And the devil is nervous right now. Which is why I have been saying this for a long time. Brother Kyle, I've been saying this for a long time. That when we get together, it shouldn't be just a little religious exercise that I've got Jesus or I've got the Holy Ghost. No, you don't understand what we're doing here. What we're doing here is we're creating a dimension where when somebody walks in and sits down, it's like, hey, this is different. There's something different here. I never heard about jet baptism in Jesus' name. I never heard about this Holy Ghost. I never heard about people running. I never heard about people having so much joy that they run the aisles and high five. And I've never heard about this anymore. What happens is now the illumination is creating an environment where everybody that comes in has an opportunity to be liberated, to be freed. Oh, give him praise. Give him glory. This isn't about going through some exercise. Everybody run, everybody shout because I said so. You are creating a dimension. That's how we got here. That's how we got here. Brother Porter, I was doing this when it was my wife and I and my two kids. Dad's running the aisles. Dad's taking up an offering. What was I doing? I wasn't doing it to say, hey, look at me. I'm super spiritual. In fact, people said less than that. <laughs> people said, this guy, man, there's something wrong with that dude. He escaped from the nut farm over there in Medical Lake. No, you don't understand. I didn't lose my mind. I'm in my right mind. He washed my brain. I can tell the difference between right and wrong, up and down, God and the devil, sin and righteousness. I can see it and make the right choices. I can see it and know when to praise him and when to shut up. I know when to give him glory, and I'm not doing this for any other reason but creating a dynamic that will change this entire. Somebody go ahead and give him praise. Number one, you cannot blast a hole in your darkness if you're doing it by yourself. You can only blast a hole in your darkness when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The very first well that we dug in this church 29 years ago was in the prayer room. We got a, a room. It was right across the hallway from our 700-square-foot sanctuary. We got a room. They charged us another $500 for about a 500-square-foot room, and that became our first prayer room and our first Sunday school room. Sister Sheila was our very first Sunday school teacher. 
And I'm just thankful that God was able to preserve her through those hard scrabble years. It was tough. I remember, I'll never forget this as long as I live. We had some people that were coming. And I said, we need to start our Sunday in the prayer room. And they just looked at me. And I finally was able to convince them to go to the prayer room. And when they got to the prayer room, they just stared at me once they got in the prayer room. And they just watched my wife and I prayed. That's fine. That's fine. But you got to understand, Cornerstone is bigger than just some little home missionary church that got a little bigger. If you're going to blast the hole in the darkness, it starts on the other side of that wall in the prayer room. And honey, we had it today. I'm telling you, there was power in that prayer room. When you blast a hole in the darkness in the prayer room and you bring that into the worship service, now you're blasting a hole in the worship service where there's now visitors. And then the preaching of the word of God gives people an invitation to step out of the darkness. That's how you do it. It's not what your last name is. It's not how good of an expository preacher you are necessarily. It's understanding that you are rearranging the dynamics of environment through your prayer, through your praise, and through the glory of God. And then when people come and visit and they say, how do I know that? Because I walked into that. I walked into a church. The very first person I saw walking into church, his name was Jerry Ayers. He was a dear friend of mine for many years. I've never seen this guy in my life, okay? They're, they're, the ushers are seating me. And I was stupid enough to follow the ushers. They sat me on the front row. There was somebody else on that front row. Isn't that right, Sister Mayo? You were, no, you were sitting on the front row. Yeah, you did. You had Amber in your lap. Remember that? She's wrong and I'm right. And the reason why I know that is I got the microphone. So they sat me on the front row and a guy bolts up out of a chair. I, this is not. This is exactly what the guy sounded like. Isn't that right, Brother Sergeant? It always started out the same way. I thought, all right, where's the exit? They they're parking me here, away from the exit. I started looking. Okay, there's an exit there, and and I saw a little home missions or I apologize, storefront church, that entire environment changed right before my eyes. And voices started talking to me. The devil started getting nervous because the illumination that was now coming out of those people, I'm just, I have, you know, I don't like that song, This Little Light of Mine. This is a big light. 
And when you and I get together, and our lights get together, it's now a bonfire. And it's now a fire that cannot be quenched. And, 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 and those voices started talking to me. I am telling you the truth. God is my witness. I was sitting on the front row, and people were running the aisles. People were worshiping God. And, and these voices were saying, you don't want this. This is, this is not what you're looking for. This is not what you want. But I could not, I was hungry for God and I felt the pull that what was happening is the illumination was greater than the darkness and the devil started losing his grip on me. He started, I started slipping and, and I was, I wanted God. I wanted reality. I was tired of sin. I was tired of the nonsense of this world and I could feel myself being pulled by this illumination and ladies and gentlemen, when I got out of it, I'm now the biggest headache the devil's ever had around here because I know that somebody clap your hands somebody give him praise you were called out of darkness to give the praises to let this world know I found illumination I found a hole in the darkness I find a way out of depression I found a way out of bondage let's stand Let's just praise him. If you're free, praise him. Make this. Come on, somebody give him glory. If you've got illumination, blast a hole in the darkness for somebody. Poke a hole in the darkness of the gloom and misery of this present world. just call you out of darkness to just be a mantelpiece of say see look who's here no no God says now turn your world upside down and be a light in darkness Clap my hands and give him praise. I am so done. I'm ready for a wheelchair. I'm so done. I'm ready for an oxygen oxygen machine. I'm so done. Somebody give him praise right now. You cannot poke a hole in the darkness until you first have the darkness removed from your life. Go to Acts chapter number one and verse number eight. This is, this is a promise by Jesus because it was echoed in verse number 39 when he said, for the promises unto you and to your children and them that are afar off. Look at, but you shall receive dynamite. Would you repeat that after me? But ye shall receive dynamite. That'll blast the darkness out. That'll blast the pornography out. That'll blast the lies of the devil out. That'll blast the power of sin out. 
That'll blast the depression out. You know what? We just need the Holy Ghost. We just need the power of the Holy Ghost. It's a promise. God's not an Indian giver. Come on, let's play something. You need the Holy Ghost. 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 Come on. Come on. Everybody, come to the altar. It's your chance to get the Holy Ghost. But you shall receive dynamite. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. 